G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 with Neil Johnson on Vision. On a Wednesday, we just like to get that little pause and check on that breaking news that's coming out of Israel and the Middle East. Why do we keep an eye on Israel? Because Israel still figures as God's chosen people. And for those who are close followers of end times prophecy or the last days, the people of Israel are the miracle that happens that ensures that those things that we do read about, in fact, will take place. Ron Ross has been following the news headlines, scouring those overnight and bringing us an update today. Ron, welcome back to 2020. Thank you, Neil. Ron, something we've been talking about for a little while. Let's uh, get a headline here. Israel heading for new elections. Yeah, Lapid is caretaker prime minister. Yes, Israel is heading to its fifth election in three and a half years after Prime Minister Naftali Bennett and alternate Prime Minister Yair Lapid gave up on their efforts to stabilise the coalition. In a joint statement, Bennett and Lapid said they would bring a bill to dissolve the Knesset. There's a consensus in the coalition and the opposition on an October 25 date for the election. Sources close to Bennett said the duo's goal was to initiate an election on their terms and not be forced out by opposition leader Benjamin Netanyahu. According to the coalition agreement, Lapid will become caretaker prime minister until the election and until the new government takes power. He's set to greet U.S. President Joe Biden when he visits Israel next month. Hey, Ron, just pause a moment here. We have been talking about the likelihood of this coming for some time now, uh, a diverse coalition. Uh, some are describing it as a bit of a circus. Uh, what are your thoughts for just the way things look right now for Israel and their Knesset? Well, I used to rub shoulders with all the many, many, many journalists who gathered in Jerusalem. And uh, journalism in Israel is like a kid in an ice cream shop. There's never a shortage of stories. The big battle at the end of the day is what do you leave out? Uh, And politics provides an appetite that really produces gluttony. There's so much of it, it's unbelievable. And I think Benjamin Netanyahu is the key to this situation at the moment. They're finding it very hard to find a leader of his ability. Is he waiting in the wings, are you aware? I think he's a vulture. (laughs) Right, Okay. Well, we'll be following along that as it all develops. Let's touch on U.S. President Joe Biden. He'll visit Israel despite the political crisis. What are the headlines saying? Yes, he still plans to visit Israel next month, despite the coalition's collapse. The U.S. National Security Council spokesperson said, we have a strategic relationship with Israel that goes beyond any one government. The president looks forward to the visit next month. 
Foreign Minister Yair Lapid, who will become Prime Minister after the dissolution, last week said he was certain the President will be here no matter what. Beyond the usual meetings with Israeli leaders, Biden's agenda includes a visit to an Iron Dome battery at the Palmahim Air Base, where he will highlight his work with Congress to secure $1 billion to replenish the missile defense system. Biden also plans to visit Makassad Hospital, the largest Palestinian medical center in Jerusalem. He will do so unaccompanied by Israeli officials, which could be viewed as not recognizing Israel's sovereignty in that part of the city. Despite all of that, I think this visit's all about Saudi Arabia and easing the U.S. energy crisis. One report I saw said Biden's July visit to the Saudi kingdom comes after the OPEC group of oil-producing nations led by Saudi Arabia agreed to boost oil production to offset Russian losses. Washington's desire to improve ties with Gulf monarchies has become more urgent following Russia's February 24 invasion of Ukraine, which highlighted the relevance of Gulf oil producers as Europe looks to cut its energy dependence on Russia. The US today is facing a profound energy crisis, and I think Biden is looking for an answer. There are so many layers in the Middle Eastern politics, and as you are reflecting here, it's affecting the world, and especially US. Uh, Politicians in Ramallah have election concerns of their own. What are the headlines saying here, Ron? (laughs) Talk about catastrophe. Last week, the Arab press claimed that Palestinian Authority President Mahmoud Abbas was dead. And on Wednesday last week, he failed to show up for a news conference in Ramallah. His absence from an event convened to dispel health-related rumours started a new buzz on the Palestinian street. Abbas eventually addressed the conference by phone, while his aides claimed the 86-year-old leader remains in good health, but it hardly made a difference, as many Palestinians believe that a change of power in Ramallah is imminent. Some are hoping the situation will get better after Abbas leaves the scene, but others fear a further split of Palestinian society. Whoever comes after Palestinian Authority President Abbas will have to build a tougher image on Israel, one expert said. Not an encouraging sign. Uh, Let's turn our focus to Iran. They're reportedly building a tunnel network to house and protect their nuclear production. Uh, What's this story about? Iran is building a vast tunnel network next to its Natanz nuclear production site in order to house a uranium nuclear production site that cannot be harmed by U.S. bunker-busting bombs or cyber attacks. The tunnel construction can be seen on satellite photographs and is being monitored by groups that track such nuclear facility proliferation. The U.S. has not spoken about it publicly, though it is known the Biden administration, according to this report. Israel also is aware of the tunnel construction, the report also says. That report comes as efforts to revive a nuclear deal between Iran and the world powers appear to be dead. And after Iran switched off 27 cameras monitoring Iran's nuclear production. It's very likely this will be a topic of discussion when President Biden meets next month with Israeli officials. 
Ron, most of the world is getting back to being in the air, travelling. Well, Israelis travelling by air are advised not to take luggage. What are the headlines reporting here? (laughs) Can you believe this? The Israel Airports Authority recommended on Sunday that travellers ditch their suitcases when going on vacation. Oprah Lapler, spokesperson for the Israel Airports Authority, said the airfield was dealing with a shortfall of 1,400 workers and advised passengers to come with patience when flying out of the country. He advised people to bring small suitcases on wheels that could be taken on board as hand luggage rather than large pieces of luggage that needed to be checked in. Lapler also called for more people to consider working at the airport to ease the congestion, claiming it's a great place to work. (laughs) Staff shortages have led to chaotic scenes at Israel's travel hub since travel restrictions were mostly done away with last March. Much of the world has opened up to tourists. In addition to the problems at Ben Gurion Airport, LL customers have recently faced a slew of cancellations as pilots strike to demand that the company return their salaries to pre-COVID levels. Lapel said that since March, Ben Gurion has experienced a 340% increase in passengers and flights. He further said that the Israel Airports Authority has committed to dealing only with existing flights and was resisting pressure to add additional flights during the current peak travel season, which ends in October. Well, I always say it's it's wise to travel light, but that doesn't suit everyone. <laughs> hey, Ron, let's top off with a story about Christian relics. They've been found during restoration work on an ancient Iraqi church. What's this one saying? This is amazing. Labourers doing restoration work at the historic Syriac Orthodox Mar Thomas Church in Mosul, which was severely damaged by ISIS, have uncovered some one dozen ancient relics and parchments belonging to several saints. According to a report in Pime Asia News, a news agency of the Catholic Institute for Foreign Missions, six stone containers with Aramaic inscriptions of saints and several manuscripts in Syriac and Aramaic languages were found. Containers for holy relics discovered were connected to Saint Simon the Zealot, a first-century apostle of Jesus. Relics of St. John, one of the first apostles of Jesus, also known by his Hebrew name, Yohanan ben Zabdi, and relics of celebrated writer and Syrian Orthodox regional primate, St. Gregory Bar-Hebrius, who served in that position from 1264 to 1286 CE. Parchments written in Syriac, Armenian and Arabic, Wrapped and protected in glass bottles were also discovered in the ruins of the church, said the Asia News uh, report. The current church structure was rebuilt by the 18th century government of Mosul as a sign of gratitude to the Christians who helped defend the city. The church was in use until 2014 when ISIS occupied the city and vandalised it. As this report indicates, the church might be in trouble but some vital, important relics live on. Wow. As you said early, this is very, very significant. Uh, When you've got 
relic evidence that goes right back even to the original apostles. Uh, you've got to be pretty excited about that. And while most people on the Protestant evangelical side of the church don't give a high uh, regard to things like relics, uh, they certainly do provide a historic connection to the past, don't they? So it is very significant. Oh, I think it's amazing. Uh, and it's just a wonder to me. The Bible says the rocks will cry out. And the more restoration work and archaeology that takes place in the Middle East continues to prove the value and truth of the Bible. Well, Ron Ross, always appreciate you scouring the headlines and uh, you brought us some great stories today. Thanks so much for joining us on 2020. Thank you, Neil. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au. 